0: Whoa, that's not right. Click the wrong button. There we go. Hey, guys, it's Simon. This is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. I'm just going to leave it in. Screw starting again. You guys see some mess-ups sometimes. It happens. Whatever. Cool. We're here to talk about AEW Dynamite. I thought it was a very interesting show. I felt like it didn't really do too much in the way of major storylines, I guess. But as far as being an interesting show, it had me intrigued for multiple different reasons. But the one thing that I took away from this show fully was, oh yeah, we're not supposed to like Moxley anymore. We're not supposed to like Claudio, and we're not supposed to like Wheeler Yuta, but especially John Moxley. We're not supposed to like John Moxley anymore. He's a full-fledged heel that we are supposed to hate. And Don Callis still being Don. All kinds of sneaky and squirrely and snaky and bullshit. But other than that, yeah. I thought this was a better episode of Dynamite than normal. With a... I wouldn't say... I didn't hate the main event, but it's not like, oh my god, greatest match ever, like I've already seen some people say on Twitter. It was a fun, oh, that's cool every so often match, but I wouldn't want matches like this every single week. No. It's cool to do it every so often, but these aren't the types of matches you can do every single week and keep your audience because it's just spot, 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 spot. Not everybody is into spot, 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 spot. But Luke, what did you think it's a nice AEW Dynamite?
1: Um,
2: I thought Dynamite was very interesting. A lot of question marks though. Yeah. Like, Towards the end, there was that big question mark. Beginning was there's was some question marks. So, yeah, I mean, like,
1: it's very interesting. Okay.
0: Your audio's cutting in and out. Why do the intro rigmarole? Restart your Discord really fast and then join back up. For some reason, your audio's cutting in and out. All right. Cool. So... While we fix that, you're going to see me on here a couple of times. Actually, I can just do this till Luke's ready. Hey, guys, what's up? Thank you for joining us here live. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below, or you can help us out by hitting or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one. Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription. Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember if you have Amazon Prime. Then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things. Like free games. Free stuff for games. And they always give you one free subscription. To any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to. Throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling on Limited. Remember it's a free subscription. You take that Twitch account. You take that Amazon Account, You link them together, bada-bing, bada-boom, your Prime Gaming. And remember, it also doesn't just have to be your Amazon account. It could be anybody's, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody's. But also remember, you can support us over on YouTube by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something whether you're buying a new game whether you're buying an old game whether you're claiming the free game or getting bucks for rocket league fortnite and fall guys use the code right down here epic games creator code pw unlimited at checkout and you'll be supporting us at no extra cost remember fortnite's got a new season it's the mega season so if you haven't got the battle pass use the code also next week on tuesday the last of us part one comes out on pc on the epic game store Use code PWU, N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout. If you're going to buy that game, which I highly, highly recommend. If you haven't played The Last of Us yet, get it. Play it. It's on PC coming next week. Last of Us Part 1. Get that game, play it, and use the code right down here, PWUnlimited. A checkout doesn't cost you anything extra. We got Luke back. Hopefully his audio doesn't cut out anymore. And an interesting opening to the show. So the show opens up tonight as far as Dynamite does go, because that's what we're talking about. And we see an ambulance and hangman. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Okay. I like this already. Giving us some sort of what the heck as we open up the show. And then they tell us, well, the Young Bucks have been attacked and they're being taken to a local hospital. Kenny Omega and Don Callis are also out there. And we're just led to believe that something happened right at the beginning of the show or right before the show went on the air. And there we go. So I was intrigued from the get-go. I think this was a cool way to open to the show. It was different. Again, like I said with the main event, not something you can do a bunch to keep it interesting. But if you do something like this every so often just to change things up, kudos on them. I thought doing this as like a... What's the, what's the through line of, Hey, this is happening at the beginning. We'll give you updates throughout a nice show long story as far as what's going on. But Luke, what'd you think of the open here with the whole young bucks were attacked and have to go to the hospital?
2: Uh, first, how's the
1: audio uh, on my end? Sounds good so far.
2: All right. And honestly, I thought this was a really cool intro. It's cool to do it, like every now and then. Like I wouldn't do it, like every week or anything. But it's one of those intros that it's pretty cool to do, like every now and then. I could like like give a big surprise to
0: people, right? And so
2: the things that we were supposed to know, oh, go for I it. I mean, like the whole like I mean, the whole hangman thing. Like I guess, I guess he's friends with the buck.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they came, to his, again? they came to his aid last week. So, oh. yeah. But, yeah. so, the things we're supposed to know here right off the bat, Bucks hurt, attacked, got to get checked out. Nakazawa went with them. Well, actually, we didn't learn until till later, but that's not really that big of a deal. Brandon Cutler went with them. Hangman went with them. So, we're supposed to know Hangman is gone. Hangman is gone. And then later, Hangman actually committed a crime, which i will talk about. When we get to the main event. Well, after the main event. Because stealing an ambulance is against the law. But (laughs) regardless, they told us that on commentary, they said, we don't know what's going on other than the Young Bucks have been attacked. And if we get any updates, we will let you guys know. As far as the first match itself. I try not to burp into the microphone. As far as the first match does go, Sting Darby Allen. And the international champion, Orange Cassidy, against a team of Kip Sabian, the Butcher, and the Blade. So during Orange Cassidy's entrance, Excalibur says that Orange Cassidy is the hottest wrestler going right now in all of professional wrestling. And the moment he said that, my ears kind of perked up and I go, hmm? No, he's not. You ever heard of a man called Sami Zayn? That is the most overman in all of professional wrestling. Because saying he's the hottest guy in all of pro wrestling is to insinuate that there may be nobody more popular at the moment. And that ain't true. I don't think there's anyone right now more popular than Sami Zayn. I
2: mean, he could be most popular in AEW, but True. definitely not in all professional wrestling. But yeah,
0: because Excalibur, I, I mean, if he just said in AEW, then I'd be like, yeah, cool, whatever. But he said, in all of pro wrestling. So I know this is a nitpick, but it's like, Ugh. Yeah. Lawrence Cassidy ain't getting no Sami Zayn reactions. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And as we'll talk later, Hook ain't even getting Hook reactions anymore because these, these AEW fans, the Hook experiment has died, which we'll talk about later when we talk about uh, reactions and stuff. But Cassidy had an O and a C painted on his cheeks with some uh, finger paints. I guess he, he needed face paint to match his, his uh, partners. And I think my camera has frozen. Hold on, give me one second, guys. Um, Interesting, my camera froze.
2: That's frozen on my side as well. Yep,
0: it's frozen on my end. Let me refresh my camera. Um, let's go here. I can still talk while this goes on. Um,
1: where was I? So Sabin
0: and Cassidy started off the match. Um, this allowed they went back and forth for a moment before Orange Cassidy did the hands in the pockets thing, and then the butcher tagged in. And so did Sting. I think I'm good now. Yep, I'm good. Just had to refresh it. I don't know what happened there. Anyways, uh, Sting no-sold some strikes from the Butcher, who went to the eyes. Sting tried for the Stinger Splash and missed. Sting was able to connect with another one, though, as the match kind of broke down with everyone just going on their own, doing all kinds of stuff. Gibbs at one point tried to dive off the top onto Sting, who channeled Cassidy and continued to roll to the opposite side of the ring before tagging Darby Allen. There was a quick code red that got Allen a near fall, but Ford ran distraction long enough for the blade to blindside Allen and gain the advantage into a commercial break. Allen nearly got the tag with the blade wiped Sting out on the floor. Cassidy made the most of a lukewarm hot tag and kind of ran wild Orange Cassidy style. Cassidy was planted with a powerbomb, though, and a, a powerbomb-neckbreaker power bomb, combo by the Butcher and the Blade, as Kip followed this up with a corner cannonball. Uh, Sabian foolishly played to the crowd long enough for Sting to make the tag and start clobbering him for a while. Sting then got the Scorpion Deathlock on him, but was overwhelmed by the Butcher and the Blade. Allen fought them off at one point with a double coffin splash, as Sting hit a pump uh, Sabian hit a pump knee, but there was a stunned dog millionaire from Cassidy that led to some dueling dives on the floor with Allen onto the Butcher and the Blade. Sting then hooked Sabian with a Scorpion Death Drop and pinned him to pick up the victory. Fun match, but I felt like, it, for me at least, too much stuff happened towards the end where I kind of got lost. As you could tell in my notes that I'm reading here, my notes are even kind of jumbled up because I even got lost watching it. A bunch of stuff just happened at the end. But what did you think of the match itself?
2: I thought the match was just okay, nothing special. I feel like it was just a match on the card. I feel like the most interesting thing to me was like towards the end of the match, where like I think it was like <clears throat> Darby was staring at like double or nothing. So mm-hmm. maybe they're teasing. Maybe Darby versus MJF at double or nothing is is probably what they're making us want to believe.
0: Well, remember what MJF said, and I think this was a Rampage video or something, but they replayed part of it tonight. He said, if any of those three guys want to face me for the title, they've got to win matches and become number one contender first. So I believe it's whoever can, quote-unquote, get to the top of the rankings, which I guess is the thing again, first gets the match against MJF. So whoever wins... Uh, They didn't say how many matches, but whoever wins a certain amount of matches first gets to the top. And Jungle Boy was like, I think there was one part where Jungle Boy's like, well, I've won more matches than anybody in AEW, so I should already be up there. But, yeah, that's, I think, what they're doing. It wasn't made super clear, but they played a video where MJF's like, become number one contender and then we'll talk. Whichever one of you does it first. So, cool.
2: I mean... No, these guys were beating MJF anyway,
0: so most likely not. For some reason, for some reason, there's a little pit in my gut that makes me think Jungle Boy could. Maybe somebody screws MJF.
1: Jungle <laughs> Boy is the only uh, person I can. And your your Sammy you're...
2: Guevara beating him.
1: You're cutting out again.
2: Seriously?
0: Yep, I'm not sure why. Here. I'm going to try something. On my, I'm going to disconnect Discord and reconnect. Stay on. <clears throat> Give us one second, guys. I'm going to literally refresh my Discord. Maybe it's my end. I'm not sure. <clears throat>
1: It could be my end and not his end. Alright, let's
0: try that. Because it could be on my end that I just need to refresh or something and not you. How's the audio now? Good for now, but it was good for a minute before too. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Alright, so there was a video hyping up the main event. El del Kingo versus Kenny Omega. Before the next match. It's caliber then had some interesting comments. He said, I just got a text from Brandon Cutler who uh, left in the ambulance with one of the young bucks. He said that he believes that the bucks were attacked by the Blackpool combat club. And that was the through line for the night. Not that we know a hundred percent for fact that the Blackpool combat club are the ones that attacked the young bucks. But he kept saying it's believed that the Blackpool Combat Club are the ones that attack the Young Bucks. He said it at least three times, the whole, we believe. He never said, we know for a fact, which is interesting.
1: Very interesting. I mean, I think that was, like, the most realistic answer. Right.
2: Would be Blackpool Combat Club.
0: Exactly. All right, give me one second. It is an issue on my end why your audio is cutting in and out. Let me just check one setting on my computer, and then we'll be good to go. But the next match itself was the guns against Top Flight with the AEW World Tag Team titles on the line. But here's my thing. Yeah, you make it a title match to make the match actually seem like it's important. And it's just a nothing match. It's just a nothing match. It's like, why is the title even on the line? It it made no difference if the title was on the line or not on the line. And to be honest, if I'm going to be frank, it actually did the title no favors. It actually makes the titles feel irrelevant being on the line here in such a nothing happening match, if I'm going to be 100% completely honest. But as far as... The match itself. Uh, start A fast start from Top Flight. Who used their speed against the guns. Um, the guns regrouped on the floor early on. Dante tried a springboard off the top rope. But got hung up by Colton. As Austin distracted the referee. That was uh, all that happens. We go to commercial break as Dante was isolated on their side of the ring in a picture-in-picture. And it was weird this time. So I'm watching on the TBS app, and we got part of the picture-in-picture, and then it just cut to random ads. So usually it's either no picture-in-picture or all picture-in-picture. But this time we got some of it, and then it cut. So that was kind of weird. At one point, Darius made the hot tag as they returned from a break. while stand- There was a standing Spanish fly on Colton that got a two. There's a blind tag by Austin that led to a sp- uh, spinning splash from Dante for a near fall. Dante wanted a nose dive, but Colton cut him off as Darius wi- uh, wiped him out on the floor with a dive. Dante managed to connect with the nose dive, but Colton recovered to break up the pin at the last moment. Then, all of a sudden, out come the kingdom. And the kingdom, if you don't know, are actually kind of, sort of, I guess you could say, feuding with Top Flight in ROH. Well, what did... Tony Khan say, and maybe I'm misquoting this, but didn't he say ROH things are not going to really be prevalent on AEW television anymore because, well, uh, they got their own show? Yet, this was an ROH story spilling over into a world title match in All Elite Wrestling. So, yeah, I didn't really care for that. This ends up with Dante getting hit with the 310 to Yuma and the guns retaining the titles. And then after the match, top flight in the kingdom brawl into the crowd. So yeah, not a big fan of the whole, Hey, we're going to use this ROH feud to screw with a AEW title match and have a shitty finish. But what do you think of the match itself?
2: Honestly, didn't really care for the match that much. I'm being completely honest. It was really just probably just their way of trying to make the guns look strong uh, against
1: FTR. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, their, their whole title
2: run, the gun, their title run has been very lackluster as of right now.
0: So, you say FTR. Well, FTR came out after the match. And the guns, I assume this wasn't them scripting their own promo. But maybe somebody else wrote it for them. But they did themselves no favors, basically making themselves seem like nobodies in this promo. Because, basically, they tell FTR, oh, you want another title shot? Well, why? You lost three belts and you lost to us. So why should you get a title shot? Which, and maybe I'm just looking too much into this, saying, oh, and you guys are losers because you lost to us. Does that maybe not make the guns also look bad because they're like, yeah, we're crappy, but you still lost to us? Am I looking too far into that?
2: I mean, you're not wrong with that part. Like you had, To me, it kind of made them both look bad if you, if you think about it. A little bit. But I just because, felt like, like... Go for it. Guns were saying, like, I like, go, oh, you you guys lost all three of your titles and you lost us. Like, then maybe that's kind of like them making fun of themselves, if you think about it.
0: Exactly. That's that's what I was trying to get at. You're basically having your own champions put themselves down, saying, oh, yeah, you weren't even good enough to beat us and we weren't a good team. That's kind of how it came off to me, at least. But... Every time FTR would say we want a tag title shot, Austin Gunn would be like, why? You don't deserve it. We won't give you a shot. Well, what if we do that? No. What if we do that? No. So finally, Dax was like, okay, we want a shot. And if we lose, we will leave AEW forever. Which, that's an interesting line to use. Because it's not just we will leave AEW Maybe their contracts are up soon. Maybe they leave and go to WWE. Maybe they don't. But putting in the forever word, if I heard that correctly, makes me think they're staying. Because if there is even the slightest chance that they leave, go to WWE, and then want to one day maybe come back, you don't use the word forever. Because if you use that word forever, and then they go to WWE... Technically, in storyline, credibility-wise, they can never come back to AEW. That's why with the Jay White thing in New Japan, where it's like, oh, you're you're banned from wrestling for New Japan in Japan. Oh, now you're banned for wrestling anybody in New Japan. They didn't use the forever or or for X amount of years. They didn't put a contingence on it. It's just, right now, you can't wrestle for New Japan, Mr. Jay White. So... For them saying we'll leave AEW forever makes me think they're winning the belts and they're not going anywhere.
2: So, that is an interesting, like, word they said, but I know one of them did talk about, like, once their contract's up, I know one of them did talk about, this was a while ago, saying, like, how about we just like, not sign anywhere? Yeah, Dax. And just, like, casually work the indies. And, like, I know, and I think maybe they said, like, a little bit ago, like, they decide what they're going to do next, but they can't can't say it right now, like, legally.
0: Which was interesting, which led to a lot of people thinking maybe they're going to WWE because of that. I heard that, too, where he's like, yeah, we know what we're doing, but we can't say it yet, which, if it is staying in AEW, that's still smart because it gives people the, uh uh-oh, are they going to WWE? It at least... Saying that at least keeps people wondering and guessing.
1: But, but like,
2: if they were just going back to WWE, I mean, AEW, they would just say, yeah, we're going to sign with the company and they won't get in trouble for it.
0: No, true, but you want people to keep watching the television to see, oh, FTR could be leaving what, would the, what are they going to do with them if they are leaving? You know what I mean? That's the whole point. You want to mm-hmm. think that FDR could, FTR could leave for the fact of people may want to watch just to see what Tony Khan does with them potentially on their way out.
2: I wonder when they would do the Smash, would they just save it for Double or Nothing?
0: It might have to happen sooner because if rumors are correct contracts might be up next week might be up at the end of the month that's soon I, yeah i am pretty sure dax may have hinted to it on his podcast that their contracts might be up at the end of this month
2: geez i thought their contracts were up like during the summer
0: yeah the rumor was june but dax kind of hinted that it could be sooner if not like within the next couple of weeks
1: I mean, one thing I
2: can't see them do, like, maybe they just, like, put the titles on them. But, like, when their contract is up, they can just still work there. Yeah. Just like, not be, like, technically signed.
0: I mean, you could, but it's not the smartest thing to do. Because, say, they put the titles on them. Don't sign them to new contracts. And then Triple H goes, oh, you're not signed? We'll give you anything you want. As much money as you want. And then they, like, steal them while they're still the champions or something. I doubt FTR would do that. But crazier things have happened. As we move forward, Renee Paquette was backstage with Jade Cargill, Mark Sterling, and Layla Gray. Um, She asked comments on Taya Valkyrie debuting last week. And it was funny. Jade's like, yeah, she came out and tried to accept an open challenge that was already done. Mark Sterling then said he has a cease and desist for old Taya because she used Jade's move. That is Jade's move in AEW, and she is not allowed to use it here. Uh, Leila Gray then was like, you know what? I'll give her that cease and desist myself this Friday or this week on Rampage, which is Saturday Rampage. Just so you guys know, Saturday Rampage this week. He's like, I want to speak to Taya anyways, so I'll bring her the cease and desist. Then... Uh, Renee's like, all right, well, next up, Stokely Hathaway is going to have a match, I guess you can call it. He's taking on Hook, and they all look at her, and they're like, really? Stokely, what? And then they walk off laughing, which means, oh, so Jade don't watch the rest of the show. Jade has no idea in storyline what happens throughout the rest of Dynamite, because she had no idea about the Stokely stuff. So that means she does her stuff and then gets out like a Brock Lesnar, basically.
2: I will say this, though. If Taya loses to Jade, then you almost kind of, like, ruin Taya and AEW, because here's my biggest fear. Yeah. Here's my fear. I just hope that they don't use Taya like the same way they used Athena and, like, the whole Jade stuff. Like, that's my biggest fear, because...
1: When they brought Athena in, a lot of Jade, but no, she got squashed like everyone else did by Jade. Mm-hmm. So I have to defeat Jade. Right.
2: She's um... the best option right now because <laughs> she already beat uh Red Velvet, I believe.
0: Yeah, there's like nobody left.
2: I mean, they could do Chris Statler but she won't be back anytime soon.
0: Mm, I'm trying to do them. Let's see. No. Double or nothing time, she could maybe be back. But that's still three months away. Two months away, maybe? Two months. <clears throat> so then we had... Whatever this was, no DQ, Hook and Stokely Hathaway. I'm like, are you what, huh? This was something. And so both Poor men
2: Stokely Hathaway.
0: Right. So both men are in the ring. Like go for
2: it. Like he was taking like harder bumps than like anybody tonight. Almost. True. And he
0: doesn't even he doesn't even wrestle. That's supposed to I think that was supposed to be the point. But funny, I guess you could say pre match stuff here. Stokely's like, hey, I talked to Doctor Simpson, which it's Doc Sampson, so that was kind of funny. And uh, I'm not cleared to compete. I'm actually retiring, so I have a doctor's note. Here you go, Justin. And it wasn't a doctor's note. It was a receipt. A receipt from Wingstop. And the referee didn't want to, you know, buy all of this. And Justin was like, ah, oh, I can't read this. It's not even a real note. And this and that. And they're like, yep, the match is happening. So. Chase was on his hook, chucked Stokely, all, um, he, uh, chucked him over the barricade because Stokely ran into the crowd. He chucked him over the barricade back to ringside. Stokely was launched with a, uh, overhead suplex onto the floor. Hook then tossed in the guard railing into the ring as Hathaway sprayed Hook in the eyes with a fire extinguisher. Hathaway then got a chair, quoted Tupac to the camera, and Hook blocked the chair shot and laid out Stokely with the chair. Then launched Hathaway into the uh, setup railing in the ring and instead of going for the pin, opted for the red rub red rum submission. Also, there was kind of a funny thing during Stokely's entrance where, whenever he was walking down the ramp, the firm behind him were like, Oh, like concerned, and then as soon as he would turn around to look, they were like, Yeah, you could do it, you could do it, and then he would like go and they're like, mm. And then they're like, yeah, Yeah, so kind of funny stuff here, but in the end. He got beat by Hook. Not much really to talk about. What'd you think?
2: These Hook
1: chants are like really like dying. There was like no reaction for Hook
2: whatsoever.
0: Oh yeah, like, no. Like Hook's music hit. There was a faint little, ah, Hook came out and there was no extra pop, no nothing. It used to be Hook's music hits. We get a, a somewhat pop. And then Hook walks out and the place goes crazy. Well, now it's Hook walks out and he's just getting no bigger reaction than Kip Sabian, which kind of sucks for for Hook.
2: Well, I feel like the reason why is because of him holding the FTW belt because now fans are just looking at him like, oh, he's just a guy holding a nothing title.
0: Yeah. Well, Yeah. Maybe it's the FTW belt, but the FTW belts always been nothing in AEW anyways, so
2: and like, like they really haven't like anything to make look look like better. They keep doing the same thing with him over and over.
0: Yeah, he's he, I don't I don't want to say I don't think he's progressed or gotten better, but as you said, he's just the same. Every week, and it's kind of getting boring. So, what is different is that Adam Cole is cleared and he's wrestling next week. So, to set all that up, Adam Cole came out. Adam Cole made his way out to the ring and addressed the crowd ahead of his big return next week. Well, in ring return. He's been around for a couple months now. Cole said that he's never been more ready to wrestle and said the big question is well, who is he going to wrestle? Before he could say anything else, out would come Daniel Garcia. And boy, have I never, or not never, but have I not in a while seen somebody that looked like they didn't care to be out there more than Daniel Garcia. Am I wrong here? Daniel Garcia felt like he did not want to be there and did not care about this at all. He had this look on his face like, am I done yet? And is this over? Am I wrong in thinking that? Because that's how it came off to me. I mean...
2: You're not entirely wrong with that statement. because I did notice like when he was out there he he looked kinda of bored. Yeah.
0: He looked bored and like someone that just got fucking half baked a half hour ago and is still coming down off his high. Probably. I'm
2: just gonna unless say he, are, he Go unless he went out there and he was like like oh I'm just out here just to set up a match that I'm gonna get crushed in next week.
0: Right? Like he A... Felt like he, he came off as a guy that didn't care about the segment he was in. And B, kind of looked a little high. Like, eh, I'm just out here doing whatever. Okay, cool. But, yeah, very interesting. It is going to be Daniel Garcia versus Adam Cole next week. Garcia was out here going, well, you were at home playing video games. I was beating people like Brody King, Ricky Starks, and Brian Danielson. While you were gone, I became a locker room leader. What makes you so special? Cole said, you know what makes me special? Ring in the bell. That's what makes me special. When that bell rings, I become special. He said that, Cole said that someday Garcia could lead the charge in AEW, but it's the company he keeps, the JAS, that gives him a false, false sense of security. Despite not wrestling in nine months, Cole is still a multi-time world champion who has traveled the world. Cole said that if Garcia is crazy enough to challenge him to next week, then bring it on. He said, this isn't a return match for Cole. It's a statement. Because next week, Adam Cole is back, baby. And Garcia was like, yeah, I'll fight you next week. He just, I don't know. I couldn't get into this because the whole time Garcia felt like he would have... To me, Garcia felt like a guy that would have rather been anywhere else but here. That's just how he came off. Like, he didn't give two dicks.
2: He wasn't as energetic tonight as he usually is. Exactly. Because normally, like, in his promos, he's always, like, energetic <clears throat> and, like, ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Tonight,
0: he just didn't really show that. Hence why yeah. I said he kind of felt like a guy that got stoned 30 minutes ago and was starting to come off of his high. Like, uh, cool, oh, whoa, I'm, I'm actually supposed to be doing something important right now? It was just weird. He had, a, like you said, and I didn't think about it like that until you say that, but he had a different demeanor about himself than normal. So Alex Marvez is in the back trying to get a word with Kenny Omega and Don Callis. He walks into their locker room, doesn't even knock this goddamn guy. Like, privacy, bud. I get it. The door wasn't locked, but still, he walks in. He's like, "Can I get a word?" And they're like, "Give us one second." And Kenny's all concerned. He's like, "I should have gone with him. I should have gone with him." And Don's like, "Eh, I sent Nakazawa. They'll be okay. The best thing, uh, this is probably the best thing to happen to us, though, because this is interesting. Now, I'm gonna read verbatim what Don said to Kenny here, and then I'm gonna dissect it a little bit. Don said, "Quote: Look, catastrophic injuries happen," and I'm saying. Is just hear me out. All I'm saying is just hear me out. Those two kids gonna go into the hospital in an ambulance might be the best thing to happen to us. You're back. The God of pro wrestling is back, and those kids will be fine in a few months. Now, that line right there could be taken a couple of different ways. Are we supposed to think of that as those guys? Or those kids will be fine in a couple of months, means they're going to be gone for a couple of months? Or are we supposed to think of it as you're going to go do your own thing? They're going to be a tag team again. They'll be fine without you. Is that what it's supposed to be? Also, hey, all elite wrestling in the Twitch or in the YouTube chat, what's going on? Official AEW Twitter, our YouTube account, what's going on? I got but I I don't know how to YouTube chat then. I don't know how to take that. Are we supposed to think of it as they're teasing the Bucks could be gone off television for a while? Or are they taking it as Don doesn't want Kenny to be in a trio anymore? They'll be fine without him. Give them a couple of months, they'll be fine without him. That's I, I just
1: don't know how to take it. I mean <coughs> maybe, the Buc- maybe maybe they're saying like
2: maybe the bucks could be like injured right what they're saying but if they were saying like we'll be gone in a cup, they'll be gone like a couple of months then I don't really see them like just doing their own thing as a tag team like in AEW if that makes sense
0: Right. So you. So you. like Say it again, because you kind of cut out just a little bit. I think I got what you're trying so, to say, though.
2: So like,
1: if they're when they said like it'll be good to go
2: in a couple of months, right? Maybe I'd, I'd say it's one, or two things. Maybe either A or maybe one of them's dealing with an injury, or maybe they're taking some time off.
0: True. So, yeah, again, just the way Don said that line, those kids will be fine in a few months. I don't know if it was meant to where we're supposed to not know how to take it or if there is a specific way we're supposed to take it. But regardless, it was a very interesting line that now makes me want to continue to watch as far as like, so what is going on with the Bucks? Are they hurt? Are they going on their own. No more Kenny with them for right now. Are they going to be gone for a while? So I'm interested where this goes solely based off that one line from Don, which is very, very cool because a lot of times in wrestling, you have people say things and like, you think it's going to go somewhere and then it doesn't. Right. But I don't feel like that line was put in there as a throwaway. I think that line is supposed to mean something, especially with what Don did at the end of the show. As far as the whole making Kenny think Hangman hit him.
2: Unless, ooh, ooh, I just thought of
1: something. I just thought of something. So, what if this is a way to get Don Cal away from Kenny? What if?
2: Maybe maybe just to get everyone away from Kenny.
0: Say it again. You're still cutting in and out a little bit. It's an an issue on my end, so we'll have to fix it before next time, but say it again. So,
2: what if this is a way to get Don Kaus away from Kenny? What if he's doing all of this just, like, inside, like, Kenny's head so that Kenny can just be, like, all by himself?
0: Do you think even Don's going to leave Kenny?
2: possible.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I would have never took it that way, but I mean, anything's possible. So, I mean, if you want to go that route that you can go even further down that rabbit hole and be like, yeah, Don is doing all this. Kenny realizes Don is not being a good guy. And then he leaves Don and I don't know. There's so much to unpack here that it does keep me. It is going to keep me intrigued at least for a little while to see what that, if we finally get a resolution to that line, because that line for some reason, is really, really sticking with me. The whole, and I'll read it again. You're back. The god of pro wrestling is back. Those kids will be fine in a few months.
2: Uh, Baby Rice says Don joins someone else, maybe the
0: J.S. or... Well, remember, incoming no, Osprey. no, no. Remember, Don has been recruiting Takeshita. So maybe Don turns on Kenny and we get Kenny and Takeshita as a big feud or something. But you got to remember that. Don has been recruiting Takeshita since like January, off and on.
2: <clears throat> True, maybe maybe they get Takeshita and maybe like tag team to pair with them, which I don't know, but I feel like it would make more sense if it was just Takeshita.
0: Yeah, and for the Osprey thing, I could see Don and Osprey, but Osprey's is injured right now. So I don't know how long he's going to be out. I think it's a shoulder deal that got that. So he was injured. I think it was, and you can correct me in, in the chat or the comments if I'm wrong on this exactly, but, <clears throat> but he was injured. I want to say in the first round of the new Japan cup and then pulled from the remainder of the tournament. So yeah, Osprey's is out with an injury right now. So I don't think they're building anything with Osprey
1: the shoulder injury isn't thing
2: isn't anything like, like long-term yeah it's it's, le-
0: it's legit but we don't know how serious it is
2: because when is uh the next forbidden door show supposed to happen
0: july june i'll tell you right now the tickets went on sale today pre-sale I'll say they already sold over a million dollars in tickets. Um,
1: June twenty fifth.
2: So, hopefully, it's not, nothing longer than June because yeah. <clears throat> the rumor is maybe they're doing Kenny versus Osprey part two at Bin Oh,
0: that should be if, if you, if it's not a world title match, whether it's the AEW world title match or it's the um, IWGP world title match, that should be your main event. Osprey Omega, should main event Forbidden Door 2. Well, it's not called Forbidden Door 2. It's just Forbidden Door. But I think that should be the main event. I think that's going to be the match. And no disrespect to any of the world champions, Okada, MJF, or whoever's going to be the world champion in either company by then, I don't know if there is a bigger match that you can do than Omega Osprey for that show. Even know, even if it's a world title match, I don't, I don't think it would be bigger.
2: I know Brian Danielson still wants that match with Zack Sabre Jr., but that, oh, I don't that, think that's bigger than... No. I don't think that's bigger, no.
0: That match has to happen, but it's not bigger, no. Based off of the reaction they got and the, the reception they got From the fans online after their uh, Wrestle Kingdom match. I don't think there is anything bigger they can do for a Forbidden Door outside of that rematch.
2: (laughs) What would be a good opponent for Okada, like like from AEW?
0: I would say Danielson, but I'd rather see him
1: face um, Sabre. Unless they did, like, Claudio versus Okada, which would be fun.
0: I'd like that. Adam Cole. But then you can go, well, they kind of did that last year because Adam Cole was in the four-way, and that's the match he really got hurt in. So it's like they kind of already did Adam Cole and Okada last year. But the Claudio one, especially now that Claudio's a super heel with the BCC, that would make a lot of sense. Super heel, Claudio. Against big baby face Okada. ROH champion. If he's still the ROH champion by then, taking on the IWGP world champion. I like it. I actually really yeah, no. That's the move to go right there. Claudio.
2: I would say he'd have to lose the Ring of Honor title, though. I don't think he would
0: ha- I don't think he would have to. Everything is pointing to him defending it next weekend against um Eddie Kingston, but I don't think he has to lose it. No. I don't think it would make a difference. Or make, I wouldn't say make a difference. Well, no. I don't think him having the title or not would make a big difference. No. Think about it. Mm-mm.
2: It's, it, this Forbidden Door is going to be interesting, especially with, like, Jay White not going to be in it. Because last, last Forbidden Door, like, it was mainly, like, built around Jay White.
0: Well, Yeah. Almost. Jay White legit can't work Forbidden Door, even if, like, if you want to keep credibility, <clears throat> even if, say, AEW signs Jay White before Forbidden Door, he can't work the show because that stipulation of you can't work anybody in New Japan. So, technically, even if Jay White goes to AEW over WWE, he should not work that show. Or else, all credibility with that storyline and everything with that. And yeah dead
2: which i still try to twist
0: i still think he's going to wwe but go
2: yeah unless they try to like twist it a little bit like it's technically an aew show over new japan so technically he can still work it though
0: well no i don't even think it's that this is a cross-promoted show i think it's just as much an a new japan show as it is an aew show to be honest But the stipulation is not he can't work for New Japan. The end stipulation between Eddie Kingston and Jay White was you can't work anybody from New Japan. Like, you can't have matches with people from New Japan anywhere was the end stipulation, how I took it at least. Not just you can't work New Japan. So, you can't do it. I I still think he goes to WWE, though. Oh yeah. Give me, give me Jay White and AJ, and give me Jay White and Finn Balor, or just give me a triple threat: Jay White versus AJ and Finn, and then Jay White versus everybody see- else, because that would be Jay White versus anybody on that main roster would be amazing.
2: You know, what would be amazing. That I'm hoping for. Cody defends the title, like the world title, against Jay Finn and an AJ in a Fatal Four Way match, like. A bullet club
0: Fate of Four No, you want to know even better. Night one or two, doesn't matter. WrestleMania. John Cena beats Austin Theory for the U.S. title. John Cena then opens up the Raw after WrestleMania with a John Cena U.S. title open challenge. Boom. Jay White debuts and beats Cena for the belt. Night one. New U.S. champion Jay White. Look at Triple H.
2: I mean, yeah, because some people are probably saying, you know, Jay White should go after the United States belt first over the the world title.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't be against him going for the world title, but there's going to be a lot of people in WWE that may not even know who Jay White is. So start him in the middle and then build him up.
2: I like that. I really
0: do. As far as the next match here, it was John Moxley against Stu Grayson. And early on, there was, I felt like a little bit of confusion between the two. Like, they were on different pages as far as some of the spots that were supposed to take place early. So after an early slugfest, Moxley wrestled Grayson to the mat. Both men awkwardly collided and there was, like, visible frustration from Moxley. Like, the match wasn't going right, and he was getting a little pissed off for reals. So he threw a chair at one point at ringside before heading back into the ring and hit a sciato suplex on Grayson, who was launched off the apron into the uh, barricade outside. Back inside the ring, Moxley locked on a Texas cloverleaf, but Grayson escaped. Hit one dropkick, only for Moxley to take over yet again. Grayson fought back and flattened Moxley before connecting with a spinning slam and a twisting springboard senton for a near fall. Grayson then went back to the top, but was briefly distracted by Yuta. Dark Order and the BCC exchanged words as Grayson took out the BCC with the moonsault, while Moxley took out Dark Order with a dive. Back inside the ring, Grayson connected on a 450 splash, and Moxley did kick out. Grayson called for the nightfall, but Moxley countered it into a bulldog choke. Moxley then drove the knees into the head and then got the rear naked choke in as Grayson faded away only to cannonball in the corner with Moxley on his back. Grayson then hit a backflip kick and Moxley cut him off on the ropes with an avalanche death rider to pick up the victory. So there we go. John Moxley does defeat Stu Grayson and after the match it looked like he was going to go and attack Stu Grayson but then Reynolds and Silver stopped that, and they kind of got in the way and everything, and Excalibur let us know, hey, last couple of weeks, Moxley has been super aggressive to the point where the match ends, and he still wants to do damage to his opponent. Good thing Grayson and, or not Grayson, um, Silver and Reynolds were out here to make sure that didn't happen to Stu. But what do you think of the match itself? I liked it.
2: Yeah, I definitely liked the match. It was better than what I expected. I'll say that. So yeah, they're really like trying to make it seem like Oxley's full on heel. Oh, like nobody's supposed to like this guy.
1: Yeah.
0: Full on, like, no. Yeah, no. We're supposed to hate the BCC. Also, interesting. I don't know if this is a change because they still kept calling the Blackpool Combat Club, but they were all wearing hoodies that said Blackpool Wrestling instead of Blackpool Combat Club. Probably not a thing, but yeah.
2: Maybe. Maybe that's just their catchphrase. We're doing some Blackpool wrestling. I, I don't know.
0: Probably just a new hoodie they're trying to sell. Probably nothing.
2: Yeah. Also interesting. Like, is is Brian Danielson really like technically still part of Blackpool Combat Club? He really hasn't done anything with those guys in months. I don't think he is. So yeah, I guess they just got this guy doing his own thing now.
0: Uh, backstage Renee Paquette was with Ricky Starks who kept it quick and short and to the point basically said I had to cut my vacation short to respond to Juice and well I'm just going to respond to him right in oh my camera froze again that's interesting he said I'm going to respond to him face to face on Rampage I want to see him at Rampage basically he just made the challenge that he wants um Uh, Juice to come meet him in the ring
1: on Rampage. Then
0: we got QTV. What do you think of this QTV stuff? I'm not a big fan of it.
1: It's basically just a poor man's TMZ. 100%. Rip off TMZ. But
0: even worse than TMZ. At least with TMZ, there seems to be some structure to the show. With this, it just feels like they got like five people in there trying to all do different things at one time. Like, it's weird. It's, it's very... It's, it's very go for it. It's very cringe. Cringe, and it just... The last two times I've seen it, this time and last week, it seems like they've just... there. There's no structure, and it's just a bunch of jumbled up stuff. Because it's like... QT's trying to run the thing but then you got like Aaron Solo and some other guys doing their own thing yelling and, and laughing and this and the, I don't I don't know it's hard to follow I I get what they're supposed to what they're trying to I don't know it's weird All it is is they're shitting on everybody and making Hobbs look like a star or trying to make Hobbs look like a big deal and then they, they made a joke that Aaron Solo stole all of Um, What's uh, Wardlow's stuff and also stole his identity. Now, that's the new thing. He stole Wardlow's identity and had his credit card stopped. And because of it, he lost his home and his car and then said something about observer time and I don't know what that was supposed to be. But yeah, this all led to the announcement that Hobbs will defend the TNT Championship on Rampage against Penta.
2: I know when Wardlow announced that like, his car got broken into and someone stole the TNT title, like, like people were, make, were looking like, like this is a real thing. And it was. This, this is an actual real thing. It was. It and was then, that like,
0: they turned it into a storyline.
2: And I don't know if I really like that. The AEW really does that, though. Like, they take like, like a lot of like real things and just turn it into a storyline.
0: I wouldn't wouldn't say I'm against it because, yeah, take real life things and use them in storyline. But I'm not just, I'm not liking the way they're doing this one. And maybe it's because where it happened, I know the area very well. I know that stuff like that happens a lot in Oakland, in the Bay Area. I've got plenty of friends up there that I know people that. You know, they've had cars broken into and stuff up there. It's just, it's known. Like, I don't know if he was in Oakland, but the joke is you go to Oakland for five minutes and you're going to get something stole. So, yeah, I don't know if it's for me because of where it happened and just things that I know that have happened up there to people I know, or if it's, mm -mm, I don't know. I'm torn because I like when you kind of make... Real life becomes story sometimes. But this one is just not working for me.
2: Yeah, it's not working for me
0: either. Like, not to try to compare them to WWE, but say the Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins stuff. When Seth did the whole, oh yeah, well your wife left you and took your kids because they want nothing to do with you. I liked bringing that realism into it. I liked that. But this one, I think, The reason I like the Seth Riddle stuff more than this is because they used realism as part of a storyline and instead didn't take something that really like happened to somebody, some unfortunate circumstance, and now make us, I get it. I know why I don't like it now because now we're supposed to think that it was never real in the first place and that it was always a storyline, even though it was real. I think that's why I don't like it because this is a real unfortunate situation that happened to Wardlow. You got all of his stuff stolen. Yet now they want us to think that it wasn't real at all. I think that's why I don't like it. I think I just it all just clicked in my head at once. That's why I don't like it. Because we're supposed to now think that maybe maybe it was a storyline all along and we got got. Yet he was in the Northern Bay area. That happens to people all the time up there. It was real.
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that.
0: So, next up, we had a nothing happening match. It was Tony Storm and Sky Blue. Again, nothing happening. Like this, meh. Nah. Storm rushed Sky Blue early on, but Blue made a comeback with some strikes, a face buster, and a dropkick to the floor. There was a nice hurricane run off the apron to the floor the, uh, to follow. And Sky Blue quickly climbed to the top, but was cut off and sent to the floor with, uh, storm, with a Storm hip attack. Soraya and Soho put the boots to Blue with the ref distracted. Storm then missed a chop against the post and Blue uh, clocked Soho only to be planted with a Storm suplex on the floor. This all allowed uh, Storm to take over during the break. At one point coming back from the break, there was a -a tilt-a-whirl head scissors that led to a spin kick. He's got a two for Tony Storm. Storm then avoided a code blue at one point and hit a Thez press and a spinning DDT off the ropes. Storm then called for sweet chin music, or sweet cheek music, I mean. And blue avoided it with a pump, pump knee and a code blue. Soho ran more distraction with the referee as blue missed a spinning slam on Storm, who connected violently with the sweet cheek music. There's a German suplex and a Storm Zero to pick up the victory. After the match, the outcasts, as they're now called, tried to attack Sky Blue when Willow and Riho would come out to make the save. They chased them away with a lead pipe. What'd you think?
2: I mean
1: really wasn't a whole lot to this match, really.
2: I mean I'm curious to see like if they're gonna add another person to the outcast to make if they're gonna do like a eight woman blood and guts match.
0: So if we think about it on the baby face side, it's hater Baker, Reho and Willow. Those four.
2: If not, Willow probably sky blue. Cause she's been,
0: well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then you add sky blue. That makes it five. Maybe you take out Reho. Cause Willow's been more cause Willow makes sense for the Ruby aspect because Willow and Ruby were friends. Riho kind of, I get why you would want Riho in here as the, the homegrown, the first champion in the women's division. But I feel like Riho is coming off as an extra afterthought not needed. <clears throat>
2: and then for, like, the heel side, the only person really I can think of is Athena.
0: Only one that but makes Athena, sense.
2: She's the, she's the uh, Ring of Honor Women's Champion.
0: Yeah, but they could still use her. It's not like Claudio ain't the... Ring of Honor world champion on the show every week.
2: And if she was healthy, maybe Mercedes Martinez, but she's gone with an injury.
0: True. I mean, one of the ones that makes the most sense to be on the OG side is Chris Statlander. But again, she's one that's out with an injury.
2: I feel like the trickiest part is just trying to like get someone else on the, uh, Well-known, established side. Yeah, for like homegrown, you can easily, you can easily get people on there.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, if you really want to go. So, are we supposed to think that the "quote unquote" outcasts, the heels, are just supposed to be all former WWE girls? (laughs) It's what it's looking like right now. Well, then screw it. Give them Taya or not Taya, Ty Conti. She was in NXT. Yeah, but Ty Conti's already like
2: got stuff going with the J. Yeah, I know. So <laughs>
0: no, the only one that makes sense but, is Athena.
2: And if, and if you add Ty Conti in there, you then you'd have to add Anna J. And is Anna was Anna J. like like homegrown? 100
0: percent, hundred percent. She's barely worked anywhere else. She was trained by QT and barely worked anywhere else. I'm going to look it up right now. Where does she work before? I don't even know if she had a match before, other than like a showcase at the Nightmare Factory before AEW was a thing. See, before AEW, she worked one, two, three, four, five shows. Three for a company called GPW, and two for Empower Wrestling. Other than that, every other match she's had is for AEW. Like, literally, she hasn't worked anywhere else since starting with AEW in April of 2020. Yeah, Anna J has been 100% exclusive to AEW.
2: Oh, yeah. If you add, it wouldn't really make sense to add Ty Conti in there if you're not adding uh, Anna J. She ain't well established. She's homegrown. 100%.
0: Um... Kid Vicious says Anna J hasn't been seen in months. Well, that's because Willow messed her up. And she cracked, like, multiple ribs when she took that power bomb off the uh, ramp. Yeah. Willow messed her up. But she's worked last weekend. She worked last weekend, the house show against Britt Baker. And the match apparently sucked. (coughs) So, yeah. Anna J literally worked, like, four days ago. One, two, three, four nights ago. She worked Britt Baker at the house show in Troy, Ohio, I wanna say it was. First match back since she busted a bunch of ribs. <clears throat> we would have
2: seen it? those like those like house show like matches yet?
0: Well, no, and that's why they're house show matches. <laughs> they're non-televised. Now, okay. if if you wanna go see Anna J versus Britt Baker. A lot of that match has kind of been spliced together from Twitter clips on YouTube. You kind of can see a good majority of the match, and yeah, it don't look good at all. And I heard from someone that was there, the match was crap.
1: <clears throat> I wonder. I wonder how the AEW
2: wrestlers like. I wonder how they feel about like going on like doing those house shows again because some of them like. Because maybe, like, the reason why they didn't want to go to WWE. Because, like, they didn't want to do, like, the live events. So, maybe it's starting to change for them.
0: Well, it's not like they're doing a bunch of these. They did one this weekend, and the next one is not till like, June. So, it's not like they're doing them every week anyways. They're very, very sparingly. Which is very funny. Because um, Excalibur, early in the show, referenced the house show and said, Oh, yeah, on the late, on the most recent... The House Rules Tour. I'm like, tour? It was one match, and you don't have another one for— or one show, and you don't have another one for, like, two months. So You can't call it a tour. It's just a random house show in Ohio. <clears throat> Which, speaking of random, AEW has a random Saturday, July 8th televised event on the schedule on their website. that tickets go on sale in two days but there's no branding for it. It's not a dynamite. It's not a rampage. It's not a dark. It's just AEW live televised event. July 8th in Regina, Saskatchewan. I have no clue what this show is, but tickets go on sale in two days. That is very weird. Yeah, very weird. It's on, if you go to AEW's website, it's literally on the schedule. Saturday, July 8th. It says on the thing, and I could pull it up on the screen. Well, I mean, we won't have to, but it literally says on the thing, AEW Live televised event. Doesn't say, and, and it's weird because it doesn't have the House Rules branding on the graphic. No Dynamite, no Rampage, no Dark, no, like, nothing. I have no clue what this show's going to be. It doesn't even have Battle of the Belts branding or anything. So unless it's going it to be kind of lazy, unless it's going to be, Oh, it can't be. I was just saying, unless it's going to be a random pay-per-view that we don't know about yet. And they should have, you know, announced it tonight. Cause tickets go on sale on the 24th.
1: <laughs> but it says it's literally kind
2: of lazy that they're just saying like, just a W televised event. Yeah.
0: Not, like it literally, it's something. All it says is July 8th. It's a Saturday, and it says bell time six PM Central. I was like, "Huh." Now there is that rumor. It is that rumor that Warner Brothers Discovery want to give them another hour weekly show. Maybe they're going to get a Saturday night at six oh five show. But then Maybe. at that, but then at that, why do a live? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe we get more word on it. Later this week, once tickets go on sale. So in the back, we get more of, you're supposed to hate John Moxley. Sue Grayson's being looked at by the doctor when all of a sudden Moxley walks up behind him and is just standing there and then puts him in a choke. Kicks him a couple times and walks off. Like, what? Huh? Okay. Cool. I get it. We're not supposed to like this guy anymore. He's a big bad bully. That we're supposed to hate.
2: What do you think of heel Moxley so far? Do you think do you think he's just as good as a heel than he has a baby face?
0: Well, yeah, I don't see much of a difference, if I'm going to be completely honest. Other than the fact of he's not cutting the thank you for being behind me fans promos that he used to cut. Like, I'm here because I love performing for you guys. Like that, that used to be Moxley's thing. I love to fight people, but I also love to fight people for your entertainment. Now he don't even speak. He's just like, I want to beat people's ass. It's not a big change, if I'm being completely honest.
2: I mean, majority of the times, like he's always like somewhat been the heel, and like almost half of his like storylines. When he is a baby face. Exactly. Like even the hangman stuff, he was the heel even though when he started out as the baby face.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So then as we move on, we got our main event of the night. It's what they called the International Dream Match. Kenny Omega versus El Hio, del Fakingo. And I did miss like the first minute or so of this match. I was busy making dinner. So my notes start where am I? Kenny Omega misses a corner splash. Um where am I? My notes just froze. Give me one second. Okay, Omega misses a corner splash, and Vikingo starts to show off some of his athleticism with an implosion hurricane rana out of the corner and a corkscrew kick to follow. Omega was sent to the floor where Vikingo hit a shooting star press off the apron. There was a 450 splash off the second rope that got Vikingo a near fall back inside the ring as Omega battled back with a -a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and a fisherman's buster. Omega then chucked Vikingo into the barricade and set up a table at ringside. Vikingo then fought back on the apron with some chops, but Omega hit a perfect-looking monkey flip on the edge of the apron to give Vikingo a rough landing. Omega wanted a snap dragon off the apron through the table, but Vikingo sprung into the ring. Leapt off the top rope and hit a uh, uh, leapt off the top rope and I wrote this weird. Oh, okay, here we go. Left off the top rope and hit a dragon rana on the apron to the floor. Back inside the ring, Vikingo smoked Omega with a nasty corner kick, but as they fought on the ropes, Omega tried to power bomb Vikingo, and Vikingo turned into a Hurricane Rana in midair and planted Omega right on the top of his head. Vikingo quickly followed this up with an incredible spinning Phoenix splash. And got, a, uh, yeah, and got a pin, but Kenny kicked out of two. Uh, Omega caught a flying Vikingo in midair with a power bomb and a pump knee, but Vikingo kicked out. Omega then followed this up with a snap dragon. Omega then hit a picture-perfect V-trigger, but Vikingo countered a one-winged angel into a swan dive, poison rana, and spiked Omega. Omega then found himself on the table at ringside when Vikingo would bounce off the ropes, step up the second and third, Dick's 30, springboard, off the ropes, through Omega, huge pop, Excalibur then goes, I've never seen that before. And I'm like, ah, proved my point from earlier. So, since this match was announced, people on Twitter were going either two different, one of two different ways. Either A, who's Vakingo, I don't know who this guy is, or you're not a real wrestling fan if you don't know who Vakingo is, you should be watching everything. You should know who he is, da 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 Well... This exact same move, Vikingo did no more than two weeks ago, or no earlier than two weeks ago on a GCW show. So for Excalibur to say, I've never seen that before, proves the point of not everybody can watch everything, which means not everybody is going to know who every random person Tony Khan brings in is. So for the people on Twitter that were saying, oh, if you don't know who Vikingo is, you're not a real pro wrestling fan. Yeah, no. Because even the guy that's supposed to be watching some of the most of anybody to know who all these different people are when they get brought in, isn't. And prove that tonight when he goes, I haven't seen that before. On a move that literally happened on a GCW show two weeks ago. But I digress. It's a cool spot. 630 through a table at ringside.
2: <clears throat> also, wasn't go like... Or ninth in like the pro wrestling, like top 10 illustrated thing.
0: Um, good question. He might have been PWI 500. Uh, I can tell you right now, but Kingo was listed as number eight. Yep. I'm not saying that Excalibur didn't know who Vakingo was. Of course Excalibur knows who Vakingo is. My point is, even Excalibur, who's the guy that makes it seem like he watches everything, proved that he doesn't watch everything. And so when you got random people on Twitter saying, oh, if you don't know who Vakingo is, if you don't watch all this other stuff, you're not a real fan, well then if Excalibur's not watching, then how does that make us lesser of fans? I'm just saying.
2: I don't I don't watch, I don't keep up with everything. Like, yeah. I can't even remember the last time I, I watched an Impact episode, for example.
0: Like, I saw one person on Twitter yesterday going, oh, people don't know who Vikingo is, or just WWE loyalists who hate AEW and just want to crap on it. Well, you know what? I know a guy that all he watches is AEW. Every week, watches Dynamite, but only watches Dynamite. His favorite wrestler is MJF. Only watches Dynamite. Doesn't watch anything else in AEW. Doesn't watch WWE. Doesn't watch Impact. It's like, okay. Some people only watch certain things. But are still fans. So, I, there was a lot of weird stuff on Twitter over the weekend of. You're not a real fan. Or you're this. And you, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I bet you there's people that watch everything AEW. Everything WWE, actually, I know somebody that watches everything WWE and watches everything AEW, but if I showed them a picture of somebody like Speedball Mike Bailey, they would have no clue who the hell he is, because they don't watch anything outside of those two companies. But they're legit hardcore wrestling fans that never miss a Raw, never miss a SmackDown, never miss a Dynamite, never miss a Rampage. Whether that's live or recorded, they watch it every week. Like the, this couple I know, they watch all four shows every week, yet that's all they watch. Does that make them any lesser of fans? No. They got what they like and they don't need to watch anymore. But back to the match. Um, Omega kind of no sold the 630 because he was kind of back in the ring pretty quickly and the match kind of ended within the next like minute or two. Omega hit a V-trigger at one point, hit a one-winged angel, and then picked up the victory. Fun main event, but it ain't the kind of main event you can do every week. It's fun here and there, but you can't just do this kind of boom, 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 fast, boom, 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 move. You can't do it every week because there's no story to it. There was post-match story, but there's no story to the match. And then, what does this do for Vikingo in AEW? Because the match is over and Fakingo's just rolling around the ring trying to not get stepped on by Don and Kenny. But before we get to the post-match, what did you think of the match itself overall?
2: I thought the match was fun. I, def- I definitely enjoyed it. I had high hopes for it because I mm-hmm. I always I figured that both these guys would work really well together. And I don't think Fakingo's is signed anywhere. I don't think he's signed with AAA. I mean, maybe he's a guy that AW could potentially sign if he's not signed anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Kid Vicious in the YouTube chat says, "We all know who Speedball Mike Bailey is. I know somebody that don't. I legit know people that would not know who he is." So you just say "we all" is an over-encompassing bad statement, bud. To say "we all" is a false statement. Because I literally know a couple, a man and a woman, who if I showed them a picture of Mike, Mike Bailey, they would absolutely have no clue who he is. So, yeah. Post-match, though. Tony Schiavone goes down to the ring to interview Kenny Omega. But before anything can happen, the BCC come out and attack Omega. As the BCC are putting the boots to Omega, we hear ambulance sirens. And all of a sudden, there's Hangman driving up in an ambulance. And my first thought was, where are the cops? Arrest this guy. He stole a goddamn ambulance. Walks out with a two-by-four with nails in it. It's caliber, then literally says, Paige stole an ambulance. And I'm like, yeah, again, that can't be legal. Paige then storms down to the ring and the BCC bail. Don Callis then comes up from behind uh, Hangman. Hangman almost swings the the two-by-four at him and then realizes, oh, it's Don, sorry. Don then falls over. Kenny's like distracted off looking at something else. Don then falls over and Kenny's like, what happened? And Don's like pointing at Hangman, wanting Kenny to think that Hangman hit Don. Kenny and Hangman start yelling at each other. I think Kenny yells, I don't have to take this or I don't have to be involved in this or something or other. And we're back to, oh, Kenny and Hangman are at odds. They don't like each other anymore. And yeah, weird finish. But I believe this may all be Don trying to get Kenny to not want friends anymore and go back to being quote unquote the belt collector version of Kenny where i we're just going to focus on Kenny Omega and we're going to try and get you back to the world title and we're going to try and make you the big the biggest star in this company again screw everything else and everybody else but yeah very weird ending to the show what do you think of the the post match
2: i mean that's that's kind of what i said earlier maybe like don callis is just trying to like get in kenny's head to where like like these guys you shouldn't be with these guys. Look what Hangman did to me, even though like Hangman never attacked him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's It's, it's one of two things. One, Don's trying to like get Kenny to do what Don wants to do. Or maybe Don's just doing this all to like make Kenny not have any backup. And then maybe just like turn on Kenny.
0: Maybe. Maybe. But I, I am interested to see where it does lead to. Because now now the whole story is you've got the Bucks who want to help Hangman. You have Hangman that wants to be back with them. But then you've got the Kenny factor of where does Kenny fall with Hangman and the Bucks and their new or rekindled friendship. So I'm interested. I'm very interested. And this is one of the stories in AEW that's got me interested when, I'll be honest, there's been a lot of AEW quote-unquote storylines because their stories kind of fall apart a lot. That hasn't kept my interest, but this is one that does have me interested for sure. As far as Rampage this Uh, week, uh, go for it.
2: uh, Baby Ice in the chat says, Don Cal's and Omega finally get to MJF, but then Cal's turns on Omega during the title match.
0: Oh, that would be great. Actually, Don going with MJF. Ooh. I I would not be against that one. Oh. Don cutting promos with MJF, like, to get—oh, man. That would be actually really cool. I'd like that. I'd like that a lot.
2: That that would be awesome. I mean, Don Callis would be a perfect person to pair with MJF. Oh, yeah. If you wanted, if you wanted to give
0: MJF, like, a manager. Just two shitty human beings together? Heck, yeah. Uh, as far as Rampage goes, remember, it's on Sunday—no, Saturday this week, 10— um, 10 p.m. Tyra Hawes will defend the TNT Championship against uh, Penta El Zero Miedo. We hear from Ricky Starks, who wants to go face-to-face with Juice Robinson. Taya Valkyrie will be going one-on-one with Layla Gray. Brody King will take on Jake Hager, and the acclaimed will take on the Kingdom's Matt Haven and Mike Bennett. What that, guys? That is everything that took place tonight on AEW Dynamite. Any closing thoughts on
1: the show before we get to the polls?
2: Um, I don't believe I have anything else.
0: Yeah, as far as the polls do go, let me refresh these really fast. And I don't know what happened, but my computer is kind of not running great right now. I guess you could say, as you guys have noticed, because realized the audio issues we had earlier, which seemed to have subsided, were on my end. Not Luke's end, which is good to know. But, um, you
2: need to restart your computer?
0: Probably. I've been doing a lot of very intensive graphic work today, so that could have been in. I probably should have restarted before we went live. But, anyways, refresh the polls.
1: As far as the Twitch poll does go,
0: um, We'll get back to that. It's not refreshing for some reason. Twitter poll. Oh, no. Twitch poll. Uh, 83% liked it. 17% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 80... No, 61% liked it. Ooh. 23% didn't like the show, and 14% thought it was just okay. As far as the YouTube community poll does go, YouTube community poll... 65% 65% liked it. 18% thought it was just all right. And 17% did not like the show. Some of the comments on that poll are. "Ooh, this person says turned it on as, uh, El Hio was getting in the ring. Felt like I didn't miss anything else. Okay. Um, this person says, okay. I hate the people that go, didn't care for it. So I didn't watch it. Well then why are you even commenting? Now this person says, main event was great. Everything else was just all right. person says, I liked it. Good show. person says, it was just all right with a good main event. Yeah, a lot of people are are under the, yeah, a lot of people are saying kind of the same thing. An okay show with a really fun main event. And as far as the YouTube live poll does go, 71% liked it. 18% thought it was just all right. No, yeah, 18% thought it was just all right. And 10% did not like it. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here live, Twitch.tv forward slash PW YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and if you're listening later, podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeart Radio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you.
2: You can find me over at Twitter at Petkey underscore twenty one, and you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke
0: With that, guys, I'll be back live Friday morning for the wrestling wrap up. I might go a little earlier than normal because at like one o'clock I got to be at my kids' school for an event so I might do the wrap up at 10 between 10 and 10:30 instead of 11 and 11:30 Pacific, but I will let you guys know if I do end up going a little earlier. so just keep an eye for that on the YouTube community tab or our um, Twitter. But with that guys I want to say thank you for joining us. Have a great rest of your night and we'll see you next time. Have a good one guys.